Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I'm on with Anne Margolis. Yeah. Hey, hi, Anne. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So I know we were just chatting beforehand about you coming back from Costa Rica, which is that's a whole nother thing. Why don't we go into, um, you are a midwife. I'm actually on your website now, homesweethomebirth.com, which is about holistic health, healing, pregnancy through birth and postpartum services. So before we go into though your journey into a midwife, why don't you talk about a little bit your journey into motherhood, and then we'll go into how, you know, if that led to you or maybe what your career was beforehand, and then what made you become passionate about home birth and being a midwife my journey into motherhood well <laughs> like, you know, it, no, it, it's, it's, it's really funny because you know I've been a midwife for 25 years and I and and people think you know who you know they have the stereotype of who who comes to, to us they're hippies and you know uh, homeschooling moms yes we get homeschooling moms but we also get a lot of professionals doctors midwives nurses accountants lawyers you know like like uh, teachers, acupuncture, like a, a chiropractor, naturopath. We, we get a lot of professionals, educators, PhD people, right? And and I, I just had someone not long ago, which is like very classic. Uh, she came to me. She thought she was in menopause. And I, because I had caught a bunch of her babies before and she's taken them to college. And she said she didn't have her period in like five months. I'm like, and you know, she's in her late 40s. And I'm, you know, just asking her, questions and I and then I just say um let me just before I you know go into this more and do more labs and uh, let me just feel your belly <laughs> and then yeah you know I'm feeling a 20-week uterus and I get a heartbeat and I'm like you're not in menopause mommy you're pregnant she says to me how did that happen I'm like did you have sex <laughs> She says, yeah, but I, I, I said, were you using contraception? Well, no, because I didn't. Well, then that's how it happened, right? So, so that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> so tell me, so how old are your ba- How old are your babies? So my babies are married now, and they and having their own babies. You know, I was I was the youngest of all of my friends to get married. I was uh, tw- I was just short of twenty four. And uh, who knew that I would get pregnant like uh, two weeks later, probably on the wedding night, you know? And I hear I, 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 I was educated. I mean, I'm 20. I was, you know, young, but but um, I, I I thought I was responsible and careful, but apparently <laughs> just missed that one. The universe had other plans. Yeah, that's right. And you know what? I thank God. I love my kids. Uh, so I had I had her. Um, by that time, my daughter. When I had her, I was already an obstetric nurse. Okay. So that uh, birth was very traumatic, and I can go into that. But it was actually that her birth, and then me swearing I will never have another child, never again. And then two years later, I'm pregnant, and I'm still an obstetric nurse, and have a very similar sort of experience. And that was kind of what really gave me the last final push like there's got to be another way what, what do I do there's no there's no internet you know in these days and I'm talking to my friends and I this one one friend of mine said why don't you know because I, I was working as an obstetric nurse and that's where I developed fear of birth and that's where I was seeing the worst outcomes and and all these women coming in just healthy women to have a baby and you know I was more in the operating room than I was in a delivery room that's what we called them in those days and I wasn't seeing natural birth. I was seeing a lot of meddling and, and, and having to rescue the problems that were caused by a lot of the interventions that we were doing on everybody, just normal, healthy women. So um, my hands were tied as a nurse. So I rem- and then when I went through a very traumatic uh, birth myself, I, I was saying to a friend of mine, you know, what should I do? I got to be a better way. This is not human. This is, the, you know, and she says, why don't you become a midwife? And I literally said, what's that? Like, I, you know, I went to a very good nursing school. <laughs> 
I, I, you know, we just, I just hadn't, hadn't heard of it. And she's like, but, you know, told me about it. And, and I went to the library and I took every single book out I could find. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm home. I am home. So and I, how many years ago? So you said you got pregnant with your first at 24, second one, two, well, a second one was two years. Yes. Yeah, so I went to midwifery school. I graduated midwifery school. I graduated nursing school in 1985. And then I graduated midwifery school in 1995. It took me three years. And, and that's when I really, I felt like I came home. It was a total shift in a paradigm. Uh, but then when I was, I was pregnant with my third in midwifery school. And I said, to, and at that point, I was like, no way am I going back to the standard modern way of handling birth. Uh, I said to my midwife, you know, for this, for, uh, you know, I believe in this, you know, th this, this, you know, restoring the power to women, restoring the humanity and the sacredness of having a baby and that, that women's bodies know how to birth, just like our bodies know how to breathe in our, you know, and, and our heart knows how to beat and our lungs know how to breathe for this. Right. But I said to my midwife because I was so traumatized by my first and, and, and even the second one that, that for this to work for me, like I believe it intellectually and I even believe it emotionally, but for it to work for me and for me to authentically be able to help others, I have to do it myself. Like I have to feel that it works, like, you know, give birth in this way and whoa, that was so healing. Like she was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what convinced me. So were your first two babies um, born vaginal or C-section? My all vaginal, but the first baby, why it was so traumatic is that, you know, they were giving me intervention after intervention. I, you know, I was treated royally. I mean, oh, a nurse on the unit is having a baby, but, um, you know, one, one intervention after another, after another, and I ended up with an emergency, you know, they called an emergency cesarean because her heart rate dropped so dangerously from one of the interventions that they did, you know, Pitocin and then an epidural and then boom, her heart rate. And and I'm seeing the panic in everybody's eyes and they rush me into the OR, into a hospital setting where it's supposed to be safe. And I'm looking at the clock, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, ahead, you know, 45 and, and, and nobody's, no one's doing anything to get my baby out. And I went from thinking she's, she's, oh no, she's, something's going to be mad or, you know, like they have 10 minutes to get my baby out, you know, based on the heart rate to she's going to be damaged to she's dead. But that's in my head what I went through. As you're trying to end your baby. Baby's feeling this as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, all the hormones go right to the baby. Uh, all the hormones of stress and you know cortisol, all that epinephrine. But they were waiting for the assistant surgeon who never came, and I was alone in the operating room. Right, so I was. I left my body. Now I know that's called birth trauma, but I, I left I left my body and, and somehow the you know the epidural took effect and the pitocin took effect and I started pushing and you know they all were in a panic and the doctor said get me and I called for help and he says grab me a vacuum and he's you know he's screaming at everybody and, and he and he cuts a huge episiotomy and vacuums her out and I didn't want to see her at all I, I was like I'm not and and they're like oh your baby look she's beautiful blah blah and I I didn't I at this point you're scared excuse me. She's dead, dead. I don't want to see a dead baby. Like I, I was done. I was really beyond. And uh, they were saying she's fine. So not only did they miss the diagnosis of fetal distress, right? They would have operated on me, right? But but if something was really wrong with her, that would have been a problem too. But they totally so uh, they all said, you know, your baby's fine. So what's your problem? Like I, I I was traumatized, and they're like, but you have a healthy baby. So they totally even discounted the psychological impact of what that does to a mother and a baby. And we'll go into, um, God, I love well, I love when I start these conversations because then I'm like, oh God, we could talk about so much. And I know we do have a short amount of time, but I do want to ask because I always find it fascinating when I talk mm -hmm. to midwives that were nurses because I feel like you have the science part of it and obviously the midwife. My um, aunt-in-law is that. She went her route as a registered nurse and then she's been a midwife for over 30 years in Trinidad. Yeah, the, the, the midwifery is very scientifically based, but it's also art. But I'm, I'm glad I had the nursing uh, degree to a point, but when I, when I started to move into more holistic physiologic birth and supporting of that in all settings, I had to denurse myself. <laughs> So, because that was, you said 1990, you know, in the early 90s that you're, you, or when did you start? I graduated midwifery in 1995. Where was your child born, your first child? 87. So 80. So this is. It's still going on. It's actually worse. What's the way they're handling birth. Now? 
Yeah, it's actually worse. So I was going to ask why I hear the same stories. You start the intervention, you have the children, you have this and this and this. What is it that, is it just a narcissistic view that, Amer is it just a miracle? What is it that is preventing them from stopping when they're realizing, oh, one and one is two. When we do this, this happens this. Is it really truly because they get the money from the C-sections? It's, it's complicated. It's complicated. You know, uh, first of all, women were having babies at home for thousands of years before, you know, not in, in the 1900s, uh, different, different parts of society and then eventually most of society. But, but actually, the majority of babies are still born at home around the world. But I'm talking about westernized cultures started moving birth in, into the hospitals. And in the beginning, um, you know, like why that happened, it, it was for many sociological reasons, right? But it's very complicated now. Uh, first of all, there, we live in a very litigious society. So a lot of people are expecting perfection. And they're expecting that the hospital and the hospital providers are going to do it for them. And if not, they're going to sue, right? If, if anything happens, they're going to sue. So, so that is a pressure that all providers feel. That really governs everything because what will protect the doctor in any kind of situation is, is the, you know, they're just going to do a C-section. And they have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in malpractice insurance. You know, I mean, I, I'm really big on we, 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 you know, we should move to a mediation, and because I don't, I don't want to be practicing to protect myself from malpractice. I want to practice in what's in the best interest of the mom and the baby, right? What, what's healthy. But that's only part of it. It's the the insurance underpayments, you know, have payments to providers have drastically dropped for, for providers just to make ends meet, just to stay afloat. They have to double book. They have to be in the office and see. going to say then the amount of people so they, they can't give the you know, and, and just kind of like, you know, natural remedies work, right? So we don't need all, you know, now, now we need all these studies to tell us that, hey, it's good for a mom to be upright and move in labor. We need random control trials to tell us what we like, what, what's like common sense, what's, what makes what we've been doing for, you know, years. Yeah, it helps mom to eat and drink when she's in labor right? <laughs> like we need studies to say that she needs a support person. It actually benefits a mom to have a doula like, like, like mothering the mother in labor. But I always still find it fascinating that we're in 2020 that we still have these conversations and we haven't gotten there yet. I mean, let's not even get into the postpartum aspect, right? Because everyone's oh. first, first birth. And that's where I struggled. I had um, a home birth and I'm very fortunate that my first baby was a home birth. I had a doula, you know, I did quote unquote, I followed that way of what my husband and I were looking for. But once my son came, I was like, I was lost. And I'm a very independent, strong, right. sure. I was lost. And I feel like we don't, but that's we don't support that. That's the postpartum. Like yeah. Well, I go very much into that in my book and my course and in my practice, okay, you know, so very, talk. because I feel like I, I love these conversations because yes, we can talk, but why don't you tell me So you, you unfortunately go through those traumatic experiences, but that pushes you and you're like, okay, there has to be a better way. When you went into midwifery, was it the first aspect of it where you worked with the hospitals or did you immediately go into the home birth aspect of it? No, well, in, in, um, as a nurse, as a certified nurse midwife, we're legal. It's, it's legal and we are trained to practice in, in out-of-hospital settings, which includes home and birth center and hospital settings and clinics and, and that kind of thing. So my continuing education has always been in the, um, you know, I've always wanted more continuing education in the holistic aspect of care. And, and I think my, my yoga practice and my holistic approach to life that people are not just uteruses, they're mind, body, heart, soul with family and a sociologic structure in a culture in a time, right? With So to really treat that whole person and restore the humanity. What 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 I saw in the hospital was almost like t like women were stripped of the humanity aspect of you know of, of just having a baby of what that means for her for the baby for the partner for the family you know and 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 another thing you know about the wise is that more and more people are now interested in taking taking their health back but we we have a culture 
that almost like doesn't take responsibility, you know, whatever they tell me, whatever they do, I'll do. And I also feel like there isn't enough information out there. Like I found it fascinating that there were so many YouTube videos of moms explaining what they went through with birth and it hit me and I'm like, oh my God, that's so true because had I not gone and I, and I, the first probably five or six months of my pregnancy, I did go with an OBGYN and then we switched to a midwife, but it's true. Had I not gotten the midwife way I wouldn't I mean she gave me a booklet and I understood there were classes if I would have went the traditional way I'm like yeah no one was there to explain to me that's right well do you, but we didn't you know something because it's very interesting I have I, I work in two different settings but but I and, and I, I see the difference so clearly but we in years ago we didn't need education we learned from our moms and our aunts and our grandmothers and our sisters right birth has been part of the community part of the family and we lived in community Right. And in the West, we live alone. We're isolated. We don't have many of us are just in our houses or in our apartments and or wherever, you know, and, and not part of a tribe, not part of a community. And that's where we got a lot of our wisdom. Right. If you go on Google, it's just going to make you anxious. You know, people Google their symptoms and, you know, they come and tell me, Dr. Google, you know, I always say Dr. Google, or, you know, but Google says I have this and, and I'm freaked out. And I'm like, that's not what you have. <laughs> And that, yeah, and, and, and I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even go there. And, and there's so many different things that we can do to help, you know, but people are getting on their television that if you have this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, you need this medication and this medication, you know, people are bombarded. It's too much information. It's the wrong information a lot of times that, that doesn't, it's not individualized. It's not applying to that person. And we're not getting the, um, the community wisdom, right? And birth was moved from home to hospital. So it's this unknown in, in these institutions and we're just not hearing about it unless, you know, we watch a really good documentary or, or <laughs> business of being born. I right. Moms, they have to, that's actually what changed me to want to go the midwifery route. But let me ask, what have you seen since you have been now a midwife over what, 30 years now? 25, 25 years. 25 years. How has it changed? What have you seen? Tell me about that experience and what kind of fulfills you as being a midwife. Oh, well, my life as a midwife, you know, I started uh, working in a very supportive hospital setting where I was with two doctors who just thought the model is very European, actually. You know, why so many countries in Europe have way better outcomes than we do is because the doctors are surgeons and they're high risk. They're really for the high risk medical, co medically complicated situation or where surgery is needed and and that's a small major small minority of people but the midwives see everybody who's low risk and that's the majority and then they work together as a team even if a woman did have a high risk situation let's say she had a history of seizures on medication or she had a history of diabetes on insulin right they still wanted us to give our midwifery care to them and they would just deal with the problems because they really saw the benefit and you know we had we did breach and, and, and twins and vag you know vaginally and and um, it was a great practice to start and that's where I, I worked for a while and then my friend and I started the home birth practice 25 years ago wow. and then you know I sometimes I do um, and I do periodically I'll do shifts in a in more of a clinic setting where people don't speak English and I'm amazed like they don't need job like some people literally literally they are just arriving in the states from indigenous poor countries where there's instability or crime and things yeah. like that and some of them have walked over illegal they're just walking over walking up you know, countries or you know from all different kinds of countries and coming in to have their babies and you know something they birth the, the less American they are, they don't, they're not on Google. They're learning because they're living in a community. The whole, like the whole f different parts of the family unit come with them or, or they stay with friends and family. And, and they just, when they go into labor, they just, they, they, they do it. It's not complicated. They're used to having it hard and, and it, it, it's part of life. And, and they, they just, do, yeah, they do it. They're not in their heads. They're, they're just, okay, I'm in labor. And they, you know, they come to the hospital and they, and, and they just do it. So um, it's really interesting, uh, the different um, population that comes to me in the home mm -hmm. is, you know, educated people making an informed decision, Googling everything and, and you know, having a lot of fear of birth and having a lot of um, uh, uh, lists and lists and lists of questions and concerns. 
So th that, you know, I have to address both. You know, I, I want to give the best care I can give to both, you know, and it's nobody's fault that anyone is like this. It's just completely different cultures. It has to do with the thing where they say what you know, you know, what you don't know, you don't know. So these people coming over from these poorer countries, they don't have access to the TV. Because remember, a lot of things that we see is things that we've been um, um, conditioned to see, right? Right. You, know, you see birth and you see it as this traumatizing experience. The only reason why I knew, even from the beginning, I didn't necessarily think home birth, but I knew that I could have a drug-free or unmedicated birth was because my mom did it, right? That's it. Had I yeah. had with like what I saw on TV or maybe even went with my friends' birth stories, I would have been traumatized as well. But I knew it was possible to go unmedicated because my mother did it. So that was already a right. in my head. So it's almost like these people from these countries, they don't know because they're not seeing it. They know, okay, we give birth, my body's doing it, but I feel like- Their, their mother gave birth to 11 babies in the house and then, and, you know, and they're coming over here. You know, so the more, the more westernized they get, the more exposed, you know, because where they live, it was very um, inexpensive to eat healthy food. They go fishing, they, they pick avocados and coconuts and mangoes and whatever. They're eating, they're eating what's, what's local to where they live. Here, they, it's too expensive to eat like that. So they got to go to Walmart and, 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 and Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's. And, and then they get diabetes and high blood pressure. You know, then that's the problem, right? So, you know, gosh, a home birth midwife for over 25 years. Speak on some of the misconceptions and how you kind of counter. I know for me, one of the biggest things when people found out I was getting a home birth, they were like, what if, what if the cord is wrapped around the baby's neck? Right, that's a big misconception. So you unravel it. And I remember <laughs> I'm being like, I paused, which is why I stopped telling people how I was having a home birth because again, the fear, because I was completely okay. And I'm like, oh my God, what is, what is? And my midwife and then my aunt, who's the midwife was like, we unwrap it. <laughs> right, right. We unwrap it. Right. So yeah. So, so okay. some, some of them are, is this legal? Right. So yes, it's legal. <laughs> It's legal in all 50 states, you know, but every state is, has a different, you know, like I'm licensed in the state that I live. And so um, it wouldn't be legal for me to just go in another state and do it. I have to like apply for a license, but I can. I'm, a, I'm allowed to apply for a license in all 50 states to work legally. Right. So it's legal. Um, some people uh, have asked, you know, what if something goes wrong? That's that's that, you know, and there's this misconception that hospital is safer. That's a big misconception because hospital is not always equal safer. Uh, we, we need to be grateful for it, for it being there. I, you know, I, I encourage everyone to be like, to embrace modern medicine and, you know, surgery and, and any kind of treatment that's life-saving and needed, right? But the vast majority don't need it. Right. And so um, for healthy women, you know, going, having healthy pregnancies, it's actually just as safe or probably safer to give birth at home with a, a, a seasoned trained, you know, midwife. That's our, our, our very much, there's a lot of research about that. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, and people, you know, will say, well, what happens if I, if I have an emergency? Well, we are the EMTs actually. We, that, that's, that's a big role. Birth is groovy until it's not. And when it's not, it's really not like you need to have somebody there who's trained to know how to resuscitate a newborn. Thank God I've never had to resuscitate a mother, but, um, you know, manage emergencies, prevent them when we can. But, uh, yeah, so that leads us into, I'm not just waving sage if a mom is having a hemorrhage, right? I, I, I will start with, with natural remedies. If, if, you know, bleeding looks like it's getting a little heavier than what is, typical, which is about a, you know, good half a liter is pretty typical to, to lose around, you know, about the time of the birth. But yeah, I, I, I can give homeopathic remedies and encourage mom to nurse, which creates oxytocin in her to, you know, to contract her uterus. And I can do um, things that can, can naturally help or prevent. But if she's having a hemorrhage and the natural remedies aren't working, we bring the birth center to the, to the house. Right. So we have the same equipment that all and medications and IV and, you know, that um, out of hospital birthing centers have. So there's been times I had to start an IV and give mom medication to save her life. 
right? There, 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 there have been times where I had to resuscitate a baby. And, and yeah, like as you say, with the, with the cord, I'd say that maybe 40% of babies or more have the cord around the neck or around the body and, you know, a few times. And that, that's not really um, a problem unless it is right? And uh, we would detect that in, in the heart rate. So we are monitoring, we are the lifeguard when we're in, in the person's, uh, in, in the pregnancy, of course, and we screen who is really a safe candidate to, to you know, if, um, if there's any issues in the pregnancy that would make it unsafe to have a home birth, then we wouldn't recommend it. We wouldn't have, do it. Have you had to turn people away that have come? Yeah. Of course, it could be um, like someone who has insulin dependent diabetes should not be having a home birth, right? Someone who has heart has a, has heart disease should not be having a home birth. Somebody who is uh, somebody expecting triplets, you know, I, I'm not. You know, we've had we've had sometimes babies that have had um, hydros rare, you know, but but defects picked picked up picked up on an ultrasound. I have a lot of people that don't do ultrasounds, but if they do, and you know something is picked up on an ultrasound that would be best safely, more man better managed in a high risk hospital setting, right? So we have to be. If, if mom has you know high blood pressure uh, and issues around preeclampsia, things like that, that's really then it's not safe to be at home. You know, I've I've seen a, I've seen a, a preeclampsia go bad, and I it's nasty. So, but most most women, right? My my transfer. Rate, Seven percent in labor. That means that of the women that I screen, you know, um, uh, of, of the women that come into my practice, that come into that go into labor at term, because if she's having a, a labor of twenty-seven weeks and we can't stop it, then she can't have a home birth, right? You know, but full term healthy, good full term healthy. Yeah, and and that's not so ninety. That means ninety-three percent of women are having a home birth and that means they're having a natural birth that requires preparation that re it's not a hospital mentality which gets me into the whole covid thing because when covid hit uh, uh, myself and my colleagues were getting like 25 30 emails or phone calls a day they want to switch from their OB to the midwife and not go into the hospital and have a home birth yeah. at, at 35 weeks at 35 weeks, they're seeing their OBGYN, and that, so that is not a candidate to have a home birth. I'll tell you why. Number one, you need the relationship to start earlier. You need this person to have prepared. She needs to prepare. You need to get to know each other. She needs to trust you. You need to trust her. Not like I'm going to my OBGYN and, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very different shift in a paradigm, right? So I'm taking responsibility. I'm going to prepare myself. Like, I, like each woman needs to convince me that she's going to prepare herself to do this, right? It's just like kind of running the marathon. You don't wing it. You, you prepare, <laughs> right? So let's talk about COVID. Oh, God. Yeah. So you're getting bombarded. You're getting inundated with all these things. How has that been though with your with your the clients that you do have though that can have a home birth? How have you had to shift? Have you still just been doing your home births normally for the ones that are okay? That have well, nothing's really normal right now. We have a very big group in New York. Um, if you go on NewYorkHomeBirth.com, the the midwives have actually got together and wrote up that we can't help everybody. The whole this whole statement about COVID and and how we are approaching it. And I really want to maintain as much humanity to the process of birth, you know, because when I've done shifts in the hospital, we have to wear like dress like hazmat, you know, that and women have to wear masks and labor and things like that. And I, I um, it's it, 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 women can't have anyone to help them. It, it took it took months for us to allow them to have their partner in there and then and then more time to allow to have a doula in, in, in the hospital room. And, and there's so many rules that, you know, that's a whole separate thing. But at home, at least we can. Yeah. All of the, the midwives, my colleagues, we are wearing masks and we're, we're, we're keeping precautions. I, I got COVID actually in March from, you know, we're on the front lines. And many of my colleagues uh, got it. We, we, this was before a lot of us knew what was happening what and was going on, yeah. what was going on. And we tragically lost our secretary, which was a big deal because she was young and 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 um, it was it was just no, yeah, the, we were just overwhelmed. And you know, like I'm talking about, not we, the 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 state of New York was sure, overwhelmed, sure. and it was very hard to get you know PPE, you know the the protective equipment and 
you know, and I, and I was sick with it. So, so I, I don't want to get sick again with it because I was out for a month. <laughs> it was, it was not, it was not fun. Like, you know, anyone that wants, you know, these people that say there's no such thing, there is such thing. Okay. The vast majority don't, you know, don't even know they have it or they, or they, or they have very, very real. It is real. And I like to, you know, be optimistic uh, as much as I can, but um, I do know people that it turned and it wasn't a good ending for them. So, so I have to take it seriously. And, and I do have people that come to me and they, and they, they just, they get, they're, they're such COVID fatigue right now. They don't want to wear a mask even in the office. And I, I have to, you know, still preserve the safety because I have to really honor the pe- There's so many people that are also afraid. Pregnant women are just, a lot of them are afraid. I'll ask towards the end, like what you're looking forward to, to 2021. But I was just, you know, because of meaning like, like being done with 2020 and. and Yeah, I saw somebody with with a t-shirt, you know, like it's a 2020, one star out of five. Bad, would not recommend. (laughs) But, but like the yoga community and the healing, you know, the conscious community that I'm very much a part of really believes we're in this like big chaos that we're in labor right now. It's like, like, like the divine or spirit or, you know, is like shaking us up, like fix yourselves. And, and we're going to rebirth. We're going to be transformed we're, we're into this whole new, you know, I, I, I'm hoping. I believe that too. And we will get into that, but I do yeah. want to, I want to talk about your clarity breath work, what that is, um, your love your birth online birthing course and what other services you provide with your holistic health. I guess where I would start with that was, is that I have, my expertise is in person and I knew nothing about online work. And when my daughter said to me about five, I don't know, five, six years ago, I don't know, you should be on Instagram, ma. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> she said, but you're so passionate and you want to educate and inspire and your, your families give you these awesome pictures and Instagram is a whole, you know, she told me what, you know, she gave me the one, one Oh one. So I was off posting and who knew that it grew into, you know, it's almost a hundred thousand followers at this point. And it, it just went we're crazy. So I found you. Right. So, so it went, I was just being myself posting and, and then, it, you know, and then, so then I'm getting podcast interviews and I'm getting, you know, uh, questions about I've high, you know, they have high blood pressure. What will I recommend holistically? Um, uh, how do I become a midwife? Uh, you know, all these questions on social media, which sort of birthed online consulting for professionals and for moms. And I was interviewed on a podcast. Um, this doula who just felt uh, loved my page in San Francisco, and she interviewed me, and she said um, on her podcast, do you travel? And I said, I love traveling. <laughs> she said, no, like, could I have you for my birth? I'm like, uh, well, I, I, don't, you know, I, don't, I don't travel to, to do that. You know, I, I don't, I'm not licensed in California, and that would be kind of complicated and all this. But she says, well, you know, her real, her real field was film and marketing. And she, she offered me, she said, I want you to come out here and I'll, I'll, I'll set it all up. And I want, you, I want to film you making a course of how you bring people through your practice from start to finish. How do you prepare them for a holistic, healthy pregnancy? You know, like, you know, uh, mind, body, heart and spirit. You know, how do you help them make decisions about all the things that they have to make decisions? And how do you really help them shift their mindset um, and, and really prepare to rock their, you know, their birth like you do and prepare for postpartum and, and breastfeeding and newborn care and all this involve the partners and coping and using yoga and all, all this, all this stuff. So I took her up on it and I, I, uh, we filmed, uh, I was out there about five days and, and, and she created that, that was my course. Um, and it's evolved, uh, uh, now it's, you know, it's, it's full of, it's got, what, about maybe 10 modules, hour-long videos with workbook uh, and downloads, and then tons of, like, at least maybe 24 other videos have been added since that are question-answer format because I'm not, you know, like Oprah Winfrey or Ellen DeGeneres, you know, with, like, this big TV set kind of, you know, I'm, I'm very informal and I, I'm casual and, and I'll, I'll film it, you know, yeah, the course was filmed professionally, but it, we wanted it to be casual. I wanted people to feel comfortable 
and and yeah, common questions I get like, should my kids be at my birth? Uh, what if my family's against my birth plan? Uh, what about VBAC? What about you know, should I what what a placenta or cutting the cord? You know, a lot of the common uh, questions th that I get, or what happens if my birth doesn't go as planned, or you know, uh, right. So that created the course, and 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 it's amazing, you know, like that 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 the technology that enables sort of this and all over the place now. And I've gotten some amazing testimonies. So if someone can't get you, let's say if I'm in I'm in Florida and I'm having a second child, I'm like, oh, I would love to have Anne, and I can't. I could go to your birthing course, get it, and then it can prepare me for my own home birth. Yes, it can't. It doesn't prepare you for an unattended birth. Meaning you you, you need to get your own midwife. <laughs> or doctor. But, but at least it's educating me to where, let's say if my midwife didn't have, my midwife has her a certain level of things that she does, but they're busy with their birth. So you were able to create this. I can purchase it and then go through my own education of what. Yes. And it tons of resources. And it's, it's, it, it really, how do you make a decision? Should I have an ultrasound? Should I get the Rogam shot? Should I get a flu vaccine? You know, what are the pros and cons? You know, not, you know, and really how to prepare not just to bear with it, but how can you love your birth? Like what, you know, even, yeah, it's hard, but you can love hard things. Women can do hard things. And, and, you know, all the top athletes will tell you, um, whether, you know, that it's not easy to be Michael Jordan or, or some Olympic star or, or win the New York City Marathon or whatever marathon, right? But they, they, they worked at it. It's not easy to be the prima ballerina or the, you know, they, they work through pain. They, they have their eye on a goal that, you know, they're, they're transcending. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shift in a mindset, you know. So that's that. And then, um, so the, the books came out because, so when I started my hospital practice, like when I first started to be a midwife, and I still do some shift, I still work in a hospital sometimes, is that I don't get a lot of time with people. And even in my home birth practice, uh, you know, an appointment, the first appointment's two, uh, two and a half hours, and each of subsequent appointments an hour, people will say, email me or, or now, or they'll ask me, you know, what, what can I do for, I'm so exhausted, I'm so nauseous, or I'm feeling depressed, or I have heartburn, and what do you recommend? So there's a lot of things I recommend, and I, and I researched all this stuff and put it in a handouts that I used to give people, you know, of, of all the lifestyle things they can do and the herbs and the re and the homeopathic remedies and the supplements and all, all the different things that they can do and people used to walk around this was before computers they would walk around with a binder and they would call it their bible Anne's childbirth you know pregnancy bible and that became a book um which is you know the natural birth secrets it's like bestseller book um, 580 pages now but it's really like all my handouts like of, of how to make decisions about everything from preconception to through you know when how can i spice up my sex life postpartum right <laughs> Yeah, so that birthed that, and then the the breath work is a whole. That's a whole different topic. I'm, if, if you're ready to talk about that. Yeah, how? I guess as as much as you can kind of summarize it. I know similar to hypnobirthing. No, so um, as you know, you've had a home birth, but you get very close with your midwives or your midwife. And I was hearing from a lot of, for number one, I had a very traumatic uh, birth, right? So I had birth trauma that, um, and I was hearing from a lot of women, they had a very traumatic experience the first time, how, and it's still in their body. How can they, they, they can't heal. Therapy's not working and, and they draw, you know, they tried medication and they're still not feeling right. And it's coming out as, as different, you know, uh, mental health issues or physical issues that they're having. And then I started hearing from like one of three women, one out of three women ha have, have had sexual abuse and women are stressed out and women have depression and women have anxiety and women have relationship issues. And, all that. and so I started to get really into focusing on the mental health component um, and really being able to help people. And then I had my own um, uh, setback when I had a daughter who had a terminal illness. Uh, thank God, thank God she made it through, but it was eight years of hell and I hit rock bottom. 
and I t tried everything. I, 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 nothing was working and I was just in a terrible state. And I took myself to, um, every single holistic provider I could possibly hypnosis, acupuncture, herbs. I was I, a craniosacral, osteopathy, everything. And then finally, uh, doctors were just saying, take this drug and take this drug. And, and nothing, that, nothing was working, nothing was helping. And I finally took myself to an integrative psychiatrist who uh, came very well recommended. And she spent an hour and a half with me. And she said, you have chronic PTSD. Uh, that is not, you know, from years of uh, childhood abuse, which I never even thought about then the birth trauma and now the trauma with your daughter's illness and it trauma lives in your body and it's it creates dis-ease and you can't heal it by talk therapy that just you know talking talking makes triggers it makes it worse you can't heal it by medication you have to heal it through the body and so she started talking about these things i hadn't heard yet you know uh somatic experience and emdr and and ways that the body can release the trapped trauma energy. And so then my yoga, I went on a yoga retreat. Oh gosh, this was a long time ago, but that was my, that, that, that was what really saved my life because there was a, there was a person on the retreat who did breath work and people were just raving about this sort of rebirthing breath work that they had just done. And they, they, it felt like tons of trauma was just leaving their body. And I was like, whoa, I got to try that. So, so that was the appointment that literally changed and saved my life. So it's a type of breath work uh, that, that puts a person into a semi-conscious state and the body shakes off, releases the uh, trapped trauma energy of emotional pain or any kind of emotional pain. It doesn't have to be abuse. It could be a, a critical father. It could be a bullying experience. It could be just, you know, troubled relationship with anybody. It doesn't have to. And now there, you know, you know there, there's a lot of research on, on that, that people remember their birth in their body. Nonverbal memories of, of let's say, a, a, a person is adopted and she was abandoned by her, her parents at the birth. Or a lot of the ways babies are handled uh in in the in the delivery room is not trauma informed it's not we're not handling babies well not I'm, i am but i'm saying that the majority of the, the collective in the western medicine is not handling birth um and babies sensitive to the fact that these babies are sensitive they're human beings they're alert and they're vast, they're vulnerable to how they're treated right we need to we need to treat them with compassion with sensitivity that they are acutely aware right and, and that, that this trauma can start from that from days old oh in the womb i mean there's 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 research now you know yeah there's a lot of research supporting this so so, so i got very into trauma i subsequently to that had had immersed myself in this breath work for for healing myself and then when I when I immersed myself in the in the in a five week uh, program, I literally felt like billions, billions, like just of trauma energy just le left my body. And I'm like, this is gold. I have to share this with the families in my now, practice. Do you continue to have to almost like anything else, like exercise or yoga? Do you continue? No. No, it's gone. But, but, you know, we're like layers of an onion, you know, you think you heal everything and then something, you know, so, so yeah, I, I would say that, that, that the trauma from the abuse, the trauma from my daughter's illness, the trauma from some emergencies I've had to handle as a midwife, most of the trauma from my past I think I release completely, but uh, I probably, you know, periodically, uh, I, I, what you call have a, what do you, like your car needs a check, um, a, a little of, um, yeah. a tune up. Yeah, that's what I do. I, I'll do a tune up. <laughs> I'll do occasionally a tune up, especially, you know, this year I've, I, you know, and I, I know enough about it now. I can do breath on my own without, you know, I'm not afraid of the sensations. I can just relax into them. But yeah, that's, that was my second book, which was the trauma release formula. And, and that, because, because what was happening is I was helping women not only heal their birth traumas, but then they were like healing traumas from, uh, you know, childhood incest, abuse, like stuff like that. And then their partners were coming and then they were bringing their family. So then I, so, so this breath work isn't just for moms. You do this for oh, anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now I, you know, as a yoga, I mean, I've led retreats and events and workshops where we'll do breath work and yoga and a sort of kind of a dance, like um, I give people tools 
on, you know, how, what do we do when we feel anger? What do we do when we feel grief? Not repress it. We have, you know, like babies, babies and toddlers know exactly what to do when they feel joy. They are joy, right? They're just so excited. They light up the room. Who told us to tone it down, right? Who told that? When did we get cultured to like, don't be so excited, right? When your child is, is sad or, or angry, they're going to have a full-blown sobbing fit or a temper tantrum. And, and they're not ashamed. They're innocent, right? And then they go back, they, re they release it, they reset, and they go back and play. They're done if, if we allow them to, to have, you know, what they have. But so there's this whole sort of, um, I'm very involved in this, um, it's kind of like bringing back the drum circle, which is where people in, in, in indigenous cultures, but this, the, the, in community, they are dancing to, to African drums, let's say, not just joy and celebration, they're dancing grief, they're, dance, they're dancing anger, and, and they're supported in a place. And, you know, so, so when they get it out of their body and they realize that it's, it's normal human emotion and they're, and they're in community, like, moving it through, you know, so I've been to events and I've led events where, you know, there could be hundreds, thousands of people in the room doing this. It's pretty powerful. So it gives people a tool on, you know, not to take that repression, escape, numbness sort of thing when, when, when we do have appropriate grief and anger and rage and all, all the emotions of joy, you know, how, how, do we, how do we, you know, feel it and release it rather than hurt somebody, <laughs> right? 100%. But let me add, how do you have, I mean, I know you've, you know, um, you know, you've been in this, in this industry as far as with the midwifery and going through, but how do you have time to do all of this? Like it's so... It's so inspiring and admirable to see that, you know, there's these passions and things that you took that you wanted to share with the world and what you what you made with it. But how do you find time? Because I know being a midwife could be very, um, I don't want to say taxing, but it can be very, I know my midwives, you know, they're, they're constantly, it's going. So how do you? Well, because I can't do it. You're right. So, so um, I always was very much into a team practice. Right. Um, so at least working with an, one or two other midwives. So we're sharing call. Um, also limiting the practice in a home birth practice, you know, like in a hospital practice, we could we could take 40, 50 people a month. Right. But, but, but that's can't do that in a home in a home practice. Right. So to really for me to give my all to someone, you know, we would you know, most of us limit our practice to four to six births a month. And, and then, you know, sharing calls so that when I'm off, you know, um, and, and then, and, and anyway, anyone knows that when you make an appointment with a midwife, it might get canceled because of a birth. But I try to, you know, do the appointments uh, for other things, you know, not when I'm on call. Because when I'm on call, you know, yeah, I'm on call, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go to a birth because if I'm only taking four to six births a month, like I, like I, I told you, I just come back from Costa Rica. I was teaching a lot of yoga and doing breath sessions. So um, I, I always take a month or two off uh, where I don't take, I don't take anybody. Or I'll do a weekend here, you know, one weekend a month, for example, and I've been invited to do weekend retreats, weekend workshops, things like that. So, so um, you, you, you have to create boundaries. Um, you can't save everybody. <laughs> and I'm not the only one in the world, right? So I, uh, the, the, that can help. So I'm very into team, teamwork, team practice. So what is home sweet home birth look like in the future? What's next for Anne? What do you got? What, what's coming up? Well, well, oh, I'm so excited. Well, and after the new year, we're launching this membership site because we just don't like social media. We want to get everyone <laughs> off social media. Yeah, a membership well, site. Where, where as much as you have good with social media, there's so much. This, there's censorship. There's a lot of censorship. And, um, of just all the way around with a lot of things. But yes, there's a lot of censorship. There's censorship. Yeah, people, people, there's more and more people are, want, are wanting to, you know, get off of, of social media for a lot of reasons. But um, I really want to, so this online stuff sort of keeps birthing, right? We're, we're creating this uh, website called Holistic Birth and Life Network. It's launching in, it's, a, it's a sort of a membership site, live Q&A, live, a lot of live Zooming um, breath sessions and yoga sessions and, th you know, people can connect with each other. Because in, in my practice before COVID, um, you know, we had a network 
where people, you know, a mom's support group postpartum and a mom, you know, uh, moms like to, or, you know, people going through the same thing, like to connect with other people. And, you know, before email and computer, people would come to me and they'd say, I don't know anyone having a home birth. Like, I'm so alone. My family's against it. And then I go, I know a lot of people. (laughs) And so I used to, yeah. So I I would, um, it was actually a woman in my practice, her idea. She said, if if you get everyone's permission, she'll put, uh, you know, can I um, put together a list so she can like call people and make friends. And so we did it. We had three, I sent out um, a let in those days, a letter to every, everybody in my practice. No, I think there was, there was email. I, I sent out an email to everybody in my practice, and I, we, we got three pages of, you know, names in different locations, counties, you know, towns, whatever. So people became like best friends. And, y- y- you know, so, so I wanted to really kind of create that on, on an online platform. And, you know, so this is really pretty cool that we could do that, you know, so that, but yeah, um, keep up the consulting and always improving on the courses. Somebody's asked me, oh, can, do you have a, do you have an audible version of your, my 580 page book? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that, that's very expensive to make, but uh, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll think of that. I don't know. And then how do you, how do you keep up with for your own, because you look like someone from what I'm gathering of, of, of talking with you, that someone who obviously likes to learn, or if there's something, you're always constantly learning and educating, if you're into, you know, holistic health, the healing, pregnancy through beyond, and not just kind of one main focus. How do you, how do you continually I guess, educate yourself, right? So, yeah, no, I I mean, I just took another, I'm up till now, I think 700 hours or or seven, uh, almost 800 hours of yoga teacher training. So I'm always doing that. Um, I assisted, I assisted breathwork trainings and I, and I can lead them. Um, So that's that. Um, In terms of midwifery, we have to, um, you know, to maintain licensure, you have to do a lot of continuing education. But that's only one way, right? I I learn the most from the families in my that I that I help. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask me a question. I'm like, you know what, I don't know, I'm gonna look that up. (laughs) And, you know, because it's not like birth has changed, but but they'll ask me a question like a fine tuned question about what is the better test to screen for this genetic you know and I'm like um okay I'm gonna look that up you know (laughs) women know how to birth you know my my job and I'm I'm so thankful for the yoga training that I have and the breathwork training that I have is because I got to get women out of their minds I got to get them into their into their bodies off the computer into their you know into their creative into their primal into their sensual and whatever it is for that woman, you know, some women might light up if I say, you know, go dancing or go in your garden and, you know, or uh, grow things, plant things, hike in nature, whatever it is, right? Um, but but the yoga training, you know, teaching just sometimes just teaching people how to take a moment, you know, just even if, you know, they've four um, you know different age babies and or kid, young kids in the background I did I raised four kids but you I, I you can you can um, do yoga with them or take five minutes and do some breath work and and you know simple yoga with them just to just to ground and and breathe and uh, we're only using like 20 to 30 percent of our lung capacity in the west we're so stressed out and like if we deepen and lengthen our breath it can it can activate the parasympathetic the the, the calm, rest and restore aspect of our nervous system and, you know, get the kids involved. Kids kids love to dance. Kids love to do yoga and, and learn how to calm. They need now tools to learn how to calm themselves because the world is, is, is stressful, especially for kids right now, for sure. as, as well as moms. I think one of the biggest things Dad, I parents. through my home birth and through being a mom, and I think it's very um, collective, is just surrendering. It's, you have to surrender in any women that I speak with and I'm, I'm just, I'm really big on yeah. choice. and I say, look, if you want an epidural, get an epidural, if you want whatever, it's your choice. I believe people should just do oh, yeah. what they feel, but I also feel like people should have informed choices. But it should be an informed choice. Correct. Um, and that's, I'm really big, which is why I chose to do this because I don't look like the hippie 
Um, I'm a career mom. You know, I don't look like the typical, I had a home birth and I, and I did. I'm very holistic. My husband and I in a lot of, lot of ways, but still have respect for modern medicine. And just like you said, thankful that it's there. Yeah. And there's the, and there's the compassionate use of an epidural. Sometimes we need to have an epidural. It's not, not to be given like water to everybody that comes in, you know, that has its risks. But I'd say women, I'm like, just surrender. I said, if anything, no matter what you're doing, whether you do go the epidural, right, just surrender because you have to be mindful also that your body was meant to do this. And I think that's what gets lost is that women have been so conditioned to think that we have to be this strong matriarch of this and that we can't just surrender and feel the vulnerability. Of- no, vulnerability is strength. Yes, it's going to be painful. Yes, it's going to be hard as, but right. <laughs> we'll get through it. And that's such a, oh God, it's so empowering. And, and, and anytime I talk about this, yeah and then 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 that i mean i can't deny my spirituality i'm not attached to any religion but i but but um i can't i'm not an atheist at all when you when you when you get involved in this and you you see life and death you know and you see people you see miracles i see miracles all the time and i've experienced them i i um i'm very um I have a very spiritual perspective, like, like we are not in control. Oh yeah. We are so not in control. And, and we, this kind of is a lesson for us, this whole COVID, you know, well, the craziness that was going on in our country and the world is, is, is really a lesson to teach us that we're not in control. We thought we were, but, but birth was the only time a woman and a, and her partner would have an experience that was healthy, that would teach her or them, they're not in control. And she's got to surrender. Yeah, you make plans, you, you do as much as it's in your power, but when you're in it, it's, you're not in control. And when you, ha- when you surrender and stop resisting, you will heal with the breath work and you know, your trauma and you will, you will give birth. So important in all aspects of life. And you're right, especially with the COVID and everything. And we could probably spend so much time talking about that too. But yeah. I think in life in general, you have to, it's going to be hard. It's going to be whatever, but we have to surrender and just what's to be will be. And we do our, we do. I know for me and how I live my life, I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I yeah, that's all. Better, that's all. Better. And then you just, that's right. Just go with whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I also, I also really do firmly believe that whatever happens, like we're, we're, we're here, like we're spirits temporarily in a body, right? We're, we're, and everything that happens to us is for us. It's for us to grow or what we need to get bigger or be the best we can be and our unique purpose in this world. So I believe that everything, even though it seems like it's bad, is really for our benefit. It's what we need because I believe that spirit is good and loves us. I, I, it, there's not this like evil <laughs> spirit up there trying to, you know, so, so I, I, that, that has gotten me through so much intense, um, you know, just that perspective. And it's, uh, it's not, it's not mine. I'm not making it up. You know, um, there's, there's, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into my quick get to know. I just like to ask a couple questions. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite book or one that, well, <laughs> your book, but. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if that, that's my favorite, but yeah, my, my favorite. One that you really would like to recommend that maybe kind of, um, I don't know how much time you do really get to read, but that kind of shifted your perspective on things and just one that maybe you'd like to recommend. I love, no, I mean, I love so many books. I mean, I'm, I, 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 in my course, I give a, I think I give my, my 15 top books and then I have like a list of like 200, but no, but, but um, resources. But I, I love Peggy Vincent's The Baby Catcher. Have you read it? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, I love it. You know why? It's it's great for people today because people don't have time and they want something quick, right? And and um, it's it's like you can't put it down. I don't know how she does it because I I would love to, to write something like this. But she she's a she started off as a nurse like me. And, and then she became uh, an obstetric nurse, whatever. And then she became a hospital midwife. And then she became a home birth midwife in San Francisco. And she writes, she's funny, she's inspirational. And she writes l- the little vignettes of the different birth stories in, in all these different places. Big understanding of what's home birth, what's hospital birth, how do doctors and midwives think differently? What you know, um, I love it, and and, and it's it's uh, easy to read. 
Baby Catcher by Peggy Vincent. Definitely have to check it out. I, lo- I love to read when I have the time as well. Um, it's I- an easy read. Of course, I love Ina Mae Gaskin's books and, and, you know, but, but this is, um, yeah, it's an, it's an easy read. It's, and, but it's, a, it's, it's funny and inspiring and informative at the same time. Nice. What about what has motherhood taught you? Well, <laughs> all of this um, that motherhood has taught me well, so many things. I mean, each child, I really believe, is like my little guru who came into this world to teach me what I need to learn about each, you know, like like they're their own human beings, you know, they're their own human beings. Yeah. And, and, and I don't own them. I can uh, be the best that I can be and they can role model, you know, I can be their role model, but, you know, telling them what to do and how to live their life, it's not going to (laughs) work. I mean, of course, I have to protect them, you know, from, you know, safety, of course, don't, you know, don't go in the street when the car is coming and things like that, right? But I'm just saying, and, you know, as I'm at like in my empty nest stage right now, you know, they, they all grow up. And they all go on their own paths. And, and I always wanted to encourage them because I am a free spirit. And when my mother said black, I said white. So, so um, they need structure, but they also need to feel good about who they are. They need, to, they, they need to express who they really are and be proud of it. So, um, yeah, taught me, I learned so much from my kids, so, so much. And I like, um, I think even more so, it's like, I, I read a quote that I was like, even when you're older, like you don't stop parenting, you know, or like you don't. Stop no, you parent more. <laughs> no, but, but, pa- but parenting in a way is like midwifery. You have to, you have, the best intervention sometimes is no intervention. And for actually most of the time, because the, the, they have to learn the lessons on them on their own, right? So even, even when my, when my son used, you know, he'd be more interested in playing basketball and being with his friends than doing any homework and and leave his stuff at home all the time right so my husband would be the you know doing his homework or or running to school to make sure he gets it I'm like no he needs to learn that people are not just gonna the consequences don't punish him I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know let the school you know give him the consequences I'm not gonna criticize him and and be be hard on him when he comes home and you're this and you're that no just, I want him to, I wanted them to experience the natural consequences of, of their actions as long as it's not going to hurt them, right? And, and in that way, they developed a responsibility. And, and, and now he's like rocking college on his own. Awesome. But that, so that was kind of, um, I, I took a lot of, I remember taking a lot of parenting courses and stuff like that. But I think that that was the most, um, the biggest lesson. And they thank me for it today. They thank me for letting them be who they are. And, you know, and, and two of them were labeled with the ADHD and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I wasn't going to go down that, you know, they're going to call me and tell me, your, your daughter's not this and that and getting a, you know, this and that and this and that. Oh, no, but she's rocking it as a chef right now. No, and that's awesome. I think, um, I mean, I'm into, again, because of the whole holistic thing, I, I read also on like conscientious parenting, yes. parenting, just to kind of offset. And I, I, most of that is what they say is kind of let your children be who they are and get right. healthy, safe boundaries to them. Boundaries. They need structure. They need boundaries. And but they also need to say, I'm saying it all like whatever, my type A personality with the three-year-old, but <laughs> it's a no. way- you know, no, they can't, they can't eat poison and run in the street. Of course, you, know, you have to obviously have boundaries, but I'm, or, you know, they can't hurt each other and things like that. You have to always will be open-minded and willing to learn and willing to admit, you know, I'm really, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just, I'm sorry. I didn't do that one right, you know, and, and, and uh, I'm, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite parenting books, um, it, 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 it's written in comic strips. Have you heard of um, How to Talk to Your Kids So They'll Listen and Listen So Your Kids Will Talk and Reason Siblings that Without Rivalry? has recommended that book. I need to get it. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what. So it's, it's written in comic strip form. So when your kid says, I don't like the new baby, <laughs> and you say, oh, you can't say that. You have to love your little brother. Now, X, right? And, and that's not validating the feelings, right? So, and then it had a comic strip on what you do, how you do respond that would encourage, a, 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 um, you know, let's say a higher vibrational reaction from the mother. So then my kids started reading it. And so by my fourth, I was already kind of tired. And I would say something and like, no, the book says you're supposed to say this. <laughs> awesome. <You're kidding. laughs> yeah. 
by the fourth, I know. I would even maybe say, are you sure not the third? But I know they say like the second and the, the more children you have, they're kind of like, yeah, I can't. I can't. Well, he was just tired and I was, you know, I was working. I, I, yeah, yeah, I was, I was working really a lot of hours. But that's funny. Yeah. Your kids are like schooling. You'd be like, no, mommy, what you did with me, you better. <laughs> well, no, they used to read the comic strips. I'd have them in the bathroom. They'd put them in the bathroom and they'd read it. Yeah. So they would, they, they would tell me, remind me like when <laughs> I'm a little tired. <laughs> you want to know the truth, always ask the child. You know, they have no problem telling you what's right. I have just two more questions. What's some advice for someone that you would want to give to someone thinking about hiring a midwife or maybe having a home birth? What's some advice? Well, prepare. Don't wing it. That I mean, that that's why I created my course and my book. But I would want to remind a woman that just like billions of women who before you gave birth, uh, you can too. Your body knows how to do it. We just have to, nowadays, we have to prepare more because we're not around it. And we have a lot of other messages coming in our brains that are in our subconscious that we might have to work with to remind ourselves or remember what we forgot, what our body already knows how to do, you know. And so, yeah, prepare and, and get the support you need and stand up for yourself and, you know, you have choices. And, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of that is in my book, in my course. It's like stand on one foot. I, it's hard to, you know, say, oh, in one minute. I know everybody wants like one minute bite, you know, 10 second bites of information. I, I uh, yeah, but. And what about any other final thoughts to the podcast world? Anything that maybe you want to put out there that um, you want to kind of focus on or anything that you want to kind of say your last go around here well i i i really think it's a very powerful image that that when a woman is in labor there are three hundred thousand women on average who is all also in labor who are also in labor with her at that time so that a woman when she's in that period of ultimate power but also ultimate vulnerability that she can connect to that energy of not only that billions of women have given birth before her but that she is laboring with 300,000 women around the world and and just like to tap into that energy of strength and power and connectedness and to that divine feminine is 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 powerful that is very powerful i didn't know that and i guess that's a good point like you're not at the only person at that moment that there's other women so to kind of um, try and gain your strength from that, that is that is a beautiful image to kind of put. That's 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 pretty dope. Yeah, that's dope. You like that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very into imagery. I mean, you know, sort of just as a tight, like I tell women, you know, to, to bring to the birth things that are inspiring to them, right? Where, whatever setting they're in, you know, so it's home sweet home birth. It's not just at home. It could be home sweet home birth in the hospital, home sweet home birth in all settings, right? It's that, it, it, right. But why I like the imagery of a rosebud is that when you look at it, it's very tight and it just looks like it's just not going to do anything right. But who knew that it's just going to, in its own time, blossom into this flower? So, you know, who knew that a caterpillar could be struggling in, it, in its way and then it just, you know, flies out into a butterfly? So transformation is around us. We just have to open to it and see it. So, you know, just like that can happen, a woman can have a baby. Right. It, that's a huge transformation. And it's it's sacred. It's it's beautiful and we can love it. We can absolutely love it. A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much, Anne. <laughs> thank you for coming on and sharing. I know we covered a lot. I, there's so much more that I would love to even dive into more so, but thank you so much for coming on, sharing your journey. I think you, you had a lot of wisdom and things to share. I will be posting your book link and all of that good stuff on my Instagram page and my podcast link. So thank you, Anne. And I'll post that too. Yeah, a pleasure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best We Got Something to Say podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.